where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. On today's episode of Paid in Puke, we're getting a boner for Paul Verhoeven's 1995 cult masterpiece, Showgirls, starring Elizabeth Berkley and Gina Gershon. So what are you going to Vegas for? You gonna win? I'm gonna dance. There's a spot open in the chorus line. I think you should try out. I got an audition! Okay, ladies, I got one interest here, and that's the show. I don't care whether you live or die. I want to see you dance, and I want to see you smile. From the creators of Basic Instinct, the last time they took you to the edge, this time they're taking you all the way. We take the cash, we cash the check, we show them what they want to see. It's not about fair, it's about power. You're a stripper, don't you get it? I'm a dancer. She's dazzling, she's exciting, and she's what Las Vegas is all about. Showgirls. Leave your inhibitions at the door. According to IMDb, Showgirls tells the story of Nomi, a young drifter who arrives in Las Vegas to become a dancer, and soon sets about clawing and pushing her way to become the top of the Vegas Showgirls. To discuss this film, we're joined by a very special guest. I've talked about her frequently <laughs> on the pod. She's the Shirley to my Laverne. She's the Romy to my Michelle. She's the <laughs> Big Edie to my Little Edie. There you go. <laughs> She's the Molly to my Nomi. <laughs> I assume. I assume oh, it goes that way. Yes. <laughs> can we both say Molly's? Well, you know I'm very flaily, so. It's all my Louise. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do them on the bees because I don't want to die. But if I did have to leap off a cliff with anyone. You got it, girl. Okay. It's Faye. It's Faye Harrow. Hi. Okay. <laughs> Star of many of my Lush Temple stories. True. Faye, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself? Oh, I was trying to think of things about myself, and I had nothing. Nothing? Oh, I'm just a person. <laughs> Aren't we all? Yeah. I am a mom and a wife, and I... <laughs> you're I, a bitch, you're a lover, a, you're a child, you're a mother. I'm a saint <laughs> and a sinner. Do you feel not shame? Not necessarily in that order. <laughs> no, I will not. <laughs> um, I make video games. For yeah, that's good. Yes, you do. Yeah. Oh, we were talking earlier about how I used to do a lot of things that I don't do anymore. You and me both, sister. I used to make music. I used to make movies. <laughs> yeah, you're a true renaissance <laughs> woman. Yeah, and uh, lots of hopes and dreams cast to the side well. of the road. But here I am on a podcast. If you so. don't have dreams, you have nothing to feel uh, like you've <laughs> not accomplished. There I don't know. There we go. Uh, yeah, now I just kind of sit around making crafts and watching Netflix. That sounds cool. I like that. 
But, you know, we're all kind of trapped right now, so... <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. In this thing called life. Yes, well, Faye and I have a little bit of a history with this movie. How did we even start watching it? I don't even remember. Oh my goodness. Uh, did we first see it at one of the showbots? Well, I remember the first time I saw it, which was super awkward. <laughs> did you see it with your dad or something? It was with a boyfriend. And it made him horny inexplicably. <gasps> And he, like, wanted Yikes. to do it in the middle of the movie. And I was like, okay, first what? of all, oh, wow. how is this making you horny? <laughs> Second of all, I want to finish watching this movie, so let's put a pin in that. But uh, then, yeah, was it you and I, we went to the Schmader thing together? Yeah. It was the first time? Yes. Well, I don't know. I mean, we might have watched it together. Most of the times we watched it, we were quite drunk. Oh, yeah. Um, well, most of the times we did anything. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we, we might have watched it on a drunken occasion at home yeah like a bad movie monday or something but then we started going to the showbox showings and then we started literally making everyone we knew who hadn't seen it watch it (laughs) it's true (laughs) we would gather groups of people together and and have viewings i think we converted a lot of folks that way and now i almost feel a little guilty (laughs) sorry i put that in your head i don't know i feel like it's it's part of our zeitgeist it is it is it's essential as citizen kane you don't have to like it but you have to yeah i mean it's not a good movie but i mean it was worth watching sort of (laughs) (laughs) that's a good ellipses qualifier Christina, what about you? Well, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it several years after it came out in the movie theaters, and I really didn't remember a lot about it. It was interesting. Well, first of all, I thought it was awesome that there was actual Prince music in it. He's always been pretty territorial about use of his songs, and he gave Showgirls the green light to have his songs in it. I wanted to see it because it's like one of those movies that everybody talks about. I thought it was really campy, and there's so many funny moments in it. I feel like Elizabeth Berkley got a raw deal. Her career didn't really go very far after that, and I read on IMDb that her agent dropped her after the movie came out. And then Gina Gershon is awesome. I think that's one thing everyone agrees on, is that she's the only one who has zero to be ashamed about in regards to this movie. Yeah, I feel like she's the only one that knows what kind of movie she's in. That's exactly what David Schmader said. Yes, it's <laughs> Yeah. It's almost like anything Gina Gershon is in is like, well, I knew this was going to happen. Yeah, I meant to do it that way. She just has that air about her. She's like, this movie's not below me. I'm yeah. in this to win this. Yeah, she's and like, I'm winning this it. kind of project. And she did win it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's right. like, go yeah, bigger, go home. I didn't realize it when I watched it back then about how it's like kind of like an all about Eve, but with strippers in Vegas. There were some scenes in there that I was like, oh, that's just like, like when Kyle McLaughlin is like confronting her about like her real name and like her background and... That's exactly what happens when Addison DeWitt is letting her know, I know you and I own you. That $500 brought you straight to New York, didn't it? She was a liar. She was a liar! Answer my question. Weren't you paid to get out of town? (laughs) There was no Eddie, no pilot. You've never been married. Pauline and Christelle. Your father killed your mother, then killed himself. He ran away from a foster home in Oakland, December 1990. Arrests, Denver, soliciting. Stop San it! Jose, soliciting. Cheyenne, soliciting. Shall I read you the rest of them? 
the expository right. information dump reading from a file. Right, exactly. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, that is like all about Eve. It's funny how it's all about Eve, but you're supposed to be rooting for Eve in this one. I mean, the, I feel I mean, like you're supposed to be. The movie tells yeah. you you are. Right. That's one of my hot probs is like the designated hero. Are we supposed to like Nomi for some reason? Yes. Well, we've definitely, we've bled into hot probs. Are we We're just jumping into hot probs? Yeah. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. In some ways, this movie is... Just one big hot prop. It is a hot prop. Yeah, I watched this with my husband last <laughs> Shut night. Showgirls is on. We were like, uh, maybe we should think about not props. Like, we're, we're <laughs> right. can we find any not props with this movie? And oh my gosh, he, yes. He, he said at one point, is Molly the only real person in this film? Correct. Right. What I would think... a movie about her have been like? Right. Or just this Although... same movie through her point of view. Exactly. <laughs> See, she's kind of one of my first hot props. I mean, she her seems judgment. real, but yes, she, her <laughs> actions are inexplicable. Terrible. Like, oh, you're pounding on my car. Come live with me. Stay with me if you need a place to crash. It's not much. Do you get a job? She has so many red flags right up front. Like, <laughs> right! I mean, I can eat something to eat. Do you feel better after you eat something? No. Where are you from? Back east. From where back east? Different places. <laughs> like, she donates to every cause that knocks on her door. Definitely. <laughs> she has a moment for the environment. <laughs> <laughs> That's my first hot prop written is, why would you ever let this girl stay with you when she's acting like this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the way I wrote it was, Molly is insanely generous. I mean, I guess like the conceit of it is Vegas is a place that treats people like they're disposable and... That business is really exploitative. Like, I felt like that whole part where she got raped, I didn't think we needed that. Okay, this is just really fucked up. I thought we didn't need that in the movie to show how shitty. That's my hottest prop because I wish this movie knew how campy it was. First of all, I mean, it just should, but then mm -hmm. also I think we wouldn't have this violent rape scene at the end, you know, like. Right. I mean, yeah. it could still happen. You could easily imply a rape without showing anything if you must. Right. I do have a statement from Paul Verhoeven because oh. he got a lot of flack over the years, understandably, for this rape scene. And I think he feels bad about it. I think it's kind of like the one thing he feels remorse for in regard to this movie. Well, two things, because he definitely also feels bad about Elizabeth Berkeley's career. But anyway, the rape thing. <laughs> he says, nearly every character in this movie is a bad person except for one girl, Molly, and she is the one who gets raped. Molly is the only genuinely supportive person, and she's punished. The reason I did this was to show that Vegas is not a nice place, and that is basically what the movie is about. It is possible Showgirls was lacking in closure. Even hmm. some of my closest collaborators felt that way and have said that they thought the rape scene took the fun out of the movie. Yes, I so. agree with that. Absolutely agree with it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's kind of hilarious how she hitchhikes in the end to go to Los Angeles because that's just like another place full of predators and shitty people, you know? He was like, setting it up for a sequel. I guess. No, he literally was. Yeah. <laughs> he said he was. Knowing that scene was coming up, I got a gross feeling in my stomach and I started preparing the remote control. It takes all the wind out of the movie and if it weren't for that, I think I could have 
forgiven some of the probs. Oh, for <laughs> you know, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. It might have seemed a little more surreal. And otherwise it is kind of a camp masterpiece. Well, mm-hmm. and it's made even more problematic by the fact that right before this happens, Nomi gets propositioned by that guy and sends Molly off with him anyway. Mm-hmm. That is a very Which is one point. of my big hot props mm-hmm. is that Nomi is the worst friend in the world. She's, like, yeah. <laughs> the writers of this movie would not know a female friendship if it, like, thrust <laughs> violently. If it made out with them in a hospital bed? <laughs> <Yeah. Okay. laughs> well, I do think there is an implication that Crystal has a crush on Nomi. A genuine right. one. Yes. Yeah. That doesn't make it more believable to me when they make out in the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> like, it feels very like, all right, this is what you've been waiting for, everyone. I gotta go. I want you to come here and give me a big kiss. That is true, but for some reason this time it didn't seem as ridiculous to me because I was really, like, taking note of all of Kyle McLaughlin's, like, I got to fuck her and you didn't. And then she gets, like, actually mad. Yeah. Yeah, and how much of that is Gina Gershon's good acting versus bad writing versus bad editing? Like Any layers at all are 100% the actors putting them in there. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think Joe Esterhouse knows that there's more than one dimension Yeah, there's, like, the friendship part. She's going to visit Molly in the hospital, and she's like, I just went to Clover. Get the shit And, like, she's barely conscious. You might want to leave her a note. But it was just, like, really awkward. And then Gina Gershon is like, No hell, darling. I needed a rest. Besides, my lawyers got me a real nice settlement. You know, it's cool. I'm in the hospital. I don't know. It was just weird. Right. Yeah. Like, she's like, all better now, then. Great. Yeah, it's okay. It's okay that you've incited violence. Yes, he was a rapist. You kicked the shit out of him. You incited a brawl at a dance club. <laughs> oh, my club. God. You yeah. pushed a woman down the stairs. Right. Like, she's a yeah. psychopath. She, yeah, <laughs> she's a lunatic. <laughs> just even like lower key like every interaction she has with anyone especially like the first half hour or so it's like she just flies off the handle constantly I only started counting at about like there were only 52 minutes left in the movie I started keeping track of the number of times she stormed out of rooms <laughs> not, not just regular exits but like the full scale like <laughs> Yeah, uh, six six times she storms out of rooms in fifty two minutes. So <laughs> I guess if second could, half. Yeah, yeah I would have and to I feel some... like she has chilled out a little in the exactly. second half. So so if you kind of like do the math, multiply that by two, and then probably add about fifty percent the yeah. first half. <laughs> she's probably got about. 18 to 20 I would think. <laughs> exits where she's just huffing out of room right. for no reason. Right! She turns on a dime. It's true. Like, even during the audition, I didn't even remember what it was, but it's like, you're trying to get a job here. Oh, you know? <laughs> and it's like, there's some kind of critique. Like, well, her nipples. Right, yes, that's yeah. what it was. Yeah. You got something wrong with your nipples? No. Then I'd stick it up, stick them up. What? Play with them. I'm erect. Why aren't you erect? Here, put some ice in them. Oh, that one right. <laughs> 
not the coolest way that he asks her to, but no. <laughs> I mean, she's got no work ethic, this woman. How are you doing? We've got a bunch of spenders out there. Put your nightie on. Tell him to go fuck himself. <laughs> I'll kick your ass out. Tell him, do yourself a favor. Okay. I'll put my nightie on. I don't like to stand up for the boss at this cheetah, but he does have a point when he says, Hey, just got 500 off the lap dance. I'll just stop. You act like somebody died. Yeah, that is almost twice as much as she usually makes, I think. And it was like one minute of work. Right. I don't know. Yeah. And she chose that job. It's not like... Right. She like, showed up there and was like, I would like to work here. Right. She does seem constantly offended by a totally reasonable expectation. You know, <laughs> like, I want to see you naked or I want you to be sexy in some way. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, what do you want? No, you know? I'm also wondering, if, was he the director of the show? I could never keep track of these people's jobs. The guy who asked her to ice her nipples. And That's then... the poor man's Bob Fosse. I'm Tony Moss. I produce this show. Some of you probably heard that I'm a prick. I am a prick. I got one interest here, and that's the show. I don't care whether you live or die. I want to see you dance, and I want to see you smile. Yeah, poor man's Bob Fosse. Has he ever seen Pollyanna? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was trying that's to remember a great how question. She, what Pollyanna looked like, but is, is that like just foreshadowing to be named Polly? Or I like, think it yeah. was supposed to be. That was something that I was clued into this time only, after all the millions of times, was that her name is Polly Ann. Maybe she's just thrown off her game the whole time because she thinks he knows something about her. Yeah, well, and then she storms out of the room to go take her pants off. Maybe that's what Joe Esterhouse was thinking when he wrote that. It wasn't well executed, but maybe he was like, this is how someone would behave if they thought they were made. This is not how anyone would behave ever. Joe Esterhouse has never met a woman, I think. Yeah, or seen two women interact in real life. No, no. His movies are very... I guess he said it was the movie that is, like, his most realistic portrayal of America or something like that. Like in Vegas, people are just exploited and abused at work and that kind of stuff. So the hot prob of Elizabeth Berkley's career being ruined by this, apparently Verhoeven asked her to act that way. It's kind of the same thing as Hayden Christensen, what he said about the prequels. He was like, I did so many normal takes and then George Lucas told me to do it this weird way and I did it like that and that's what ended up in the movie. Sure, Mm. sure, but we've seen you in other things. (laughs) <laughs> but he wasn't that bad in other things. Yeah, but he wasn't but he never that had... good in other things. But yeah. the question I have about her career is, if you take it on a scene-by-scene basis, like, sometimes she's really good. There are scenes where I'm like, oh, that, that was good. As a whole, it's really bad. But also, as a project, it's just a really weird thing to do. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's one of those things where you want to pick something totally against type coming off of yeah. a really long-running, successful tween show. Right. But damn, that's against type. That was a big risk. But you know what's fucked up about the Asian thing, too, though, is presumably her agent was involved in her taking this movie. Right. Yeah. And then the agent being like, I don't want to be involved with you anymore afterwards. It's kind of your fault, too. For <laughs> sure. That's so messed up. Yeah. I wonder what else she had on the table at that time. You know? Right. I, I don't know, like, how big her career would have been anyway. You know, I mean, like, there's plenty of people that have, like, one successful run on a show and never really go on to much else, right. you know? Like, what is Lark Voorhees? 
up to at that time. Hmm. I don't know. The idea that Saved by the Bell would be a launching pad for like right. an amazing acting career right. is pretty exactly. far-fetched. I think it's like really common for you know people to have one good run on a show and like their career never really goes anywhere. Like even yeah. Mad Men, only really Elizabeth Moss has that much of a career after. Or maybe I mean not just her, but like how come Christina Hendricks hasn't had a bigger career after Mad She's Men? She's on a like a network show that's doing really well. Oh, oh she yeah. is. Yeah. She's on that Money House. Yeah. Yeah, oh, Bad like, Girls. Money yeah. Heist. Something, something about... <laughs> <laughs> no, isn't there a joke on Money Heist? Uh, something about stealing something. Yeah, it's Bad Girls. Okay, I well, tried to watch right. it. It's, it's I'm not sorry, doing a Money Heist I... is bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's what the show is about. I still think that there's lots of people that have a TV show and not yeah. much after. Yeah, and especially when you're a child or teen or even early 20, I don't know, they all seemed like they were 40. It's difficult to break that. We can't all be Mark Paul Gosseler, dye our hair black and star in... That's his real hair color, apparently. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? He's so hot. He is still very hot, yes. He said that he was so relieved to not have to bleach his hair anymore. It's kind of like with James Marsters and Buffy. To keep the roots out because his natural hair was so dark. Mm. They were just constantly attacking him with the bleach brush, and his scalp was always burning. I think those kids, I mean, other than the ones that got into drugs or porn, like, I think those kids age really well. <laughs> the I mean, you like, can't lose what you never had, Screech, but <laughs> that's true. The rest of them, always hot. Like Tiffany Amber Thiessen, she's, uh, she yeah, she's went on gorgeous. to 90210. Yeah. And- she had, like, some TV movies, I think, right? Yeah, like, she I think had she that kind of career. stuff now, even. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. And of course, Mario Lopez is yeah, a big he's... deal. It's me, Mario. He's almost like <laughs> he really is. a TV guy. Yeah, <laughs> like extra <laughs> access Hollywood. Yeah. Kind of, it's that's st- kind it's of steady cool. work. Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's the best. Like when you're just like a professional celebrity. Although I do love like an over-the-top portrayal of a bad executive. Like I really love that line about the stardust never goes dark or whatever he says. The show goes on. The stardust is never dark. It's never been. It never will be. Not while I'm alive. Although it apparently did go completely dark in 2006 when it was imploded. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Like, it's gone now, right? Oh, it is? Yeah. Oh, I, don't know. I looked it, it up because I was like, do they still do, like, topless shows Oh, it went Vegas? dark once. <laughs> and then never went light again. Oh. oh, man. Is there a video of that? I love implosions. Oh, yeah. I think on YouTube you can see like the stardust being imploded. I was reading an article about what it was like for showgirls and how revered they were in like the 40s and well not 40s, 50s. Whenever Vegas happened, you know, <laughs> just how far off this movie was. You know how really? it was because I was wondering. You know, there's there's right. Crystal saying, "Oh, I'm doing like the best cocaine in the world." Like, do they really live this high, <laughs> yeah, literally right. and figuratively? Because it just seems like they're making millions of dollars and it right. did not seem realistic I, to me yeah. that even the headliner in a Vegas show was going to be making that much. Right, and along yeah. those lines, I also wonder when Kyle McLaughlin has dug up the dirt on her, is it checkered past like really a career killer for this? <laughs> That's a very good point. Who's <laughs> like, gonna be like, no way, she used to be a hooker, I'm not seeing this show. Right. Like, this topless Vegas show. What? <laughs> I would also like to point out 
that it seems that the timeline at the end of the really problematic. <laughs> I feel like she has done one show, right? Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> and they went to a party to celebrate, to celebrate her, her debut, at which all of this stuff happened. She's still wearing that outfit in the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how much time has passed since then, but... They could let her go easily for having this criminal past. I got the feeling they were trying to use her record as a way <laughs> to keep her on the payroll and keep her quiet. Right. That's... She was such a big star now. but Right. None of that makes any sense. <laughs> I think that's what it is. Now they have that to hold against her so she won't make any noise about the rapist. I'm not a whore. No. You're not. Star. <laughs> Your face is gonna be up on billboards. You're gonna make a lot of money for the stardust. You're not gonna let him get away with this. Andrew Carver is at the Paradiso this year, but he might be at the Riviera next year or the Stardust the year after that. He's part of the team. So are you. It seems like neither thing matters at all. She has done one show. I feel they could replace her in five minutes. And then also, mm. like, who are you going to tell about my past? She's an orphan <laughs> who came up through the foster system. Yeah, I mean, that's not going to fly <laughs> in Vegas, I guess. You can tell the cops all you want about a rape, and they don't usually do anything about it, so I don't know why they were so worried. Right! <laughs> Especially a star as big as Andrew Carver. <laughs> Check it out! Wow. I was trying to figure out, just looking at him, who's the equivalent of Andrew Carver in real I life? Don't like, know. This guy right. his song is the worst like, that I what? anybody would like it, let alone Molly. Yeah, like a Michael Bolton or something? I don't know. Like, I, I mean, don't he know, looks like, like a Michael Bolton. His song uh, sounds a little Creed esque, but I think it's pre Creed. Pre Creed. Wow. Man, those were the days. Only <laughs> <laughs> well, I can pull out the part of my brain that knows about Creed. <laughs> about Vegas when this came out I was in 10th grade or something and so I'd never been to Vegas before but it makes it seem like it's the old Rat Pack days of the expensive showgirl show and it's like a classy production like high production value do they do that anymore I feel like it's all mm -hmm. Cirque du Soleil now yeah, and like, or like residencies, that, yeah, right? Or like like they, a big were, star. Were, I don't know if you were reading this too, but like they were saying there's like maybe one sort of showgirls show left where it's optional to be topless and you get more money if you do. But even when there were showgirls shows, the costumes cost more than it costs to pay the showgirl. They were saying it could cost like $150,000 for one of the costumes. Oh and so Molly should not have been living in a trailer. Right. Uh, and they were heavy and they said like girls would fall a lot. And when they did, the first thing that people would ask was, is the costume okay? <laughs> oh, they were also talking about how tall all the showgirls were, like 5'8 minimum. Wow. Elizabeth Berkeley is tall. You'd have to be to compare to the plumes they all wore on their heads. <laughs> this was supposed to be sort of a mix between that Cirque du Soleil pageantry and the old tiny, I guess, boobs. Burlesque-ish? Yeah. At least in the 60s or 70s, you would make like $55,000 tops if you went topless. A year. A year. 35 to 55. 
What is that in today? Yeah. I I feel like in the 70s that was decent, but not a ton. Why were the costumes so expensive? Like, I mean, were they like real? Hand sewing the beads and all of that stuff. Molly made all her costumes in like a tiny trailer. Yeah, and then the part where the main girl gets injured and they're like, can we get Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson? And they're like, we don't have the budget for that. And they're wanting to get like, you know, what was probably like A-list people. Now, like Lady Gaga has a residency, Cher, Britney Spears, like J-Lo did it. But they're doing their yeah. own shows. They're not working for another show. Basically a concert. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. The full list was Janet Jackson, Paula Abdul, and the first one was Latoya and Suzanne. Suzanne Who Summers. Is- Great legs. Thank you. I used to do aerobics till I dropped. Then I found Thighmaster. How did Latoya get in there? I mean, like, Perhaps for Latoya. she was never a big deal. I would deal. love to see Latoya in Goddess. <laughs> or Suzanne Summers. Suzanne Summers, I think, is my get. It had to be Suzanne Summers. I don't know who, what other Suzanne it can be. I also love there was a there was a reporter in the background. When the camera was panning away, it says, Crucial Wayback Broadway. <laughs> what about that? <laughs> what about me? What? <laughs> Come on. But, yeah, it is interesting how there are A-list stars now that it's, like, legitimately good career move to have these residencies where, like, it's not just Danny Gans and Rita Rudner and... Yeah, Wayne <laughs> I mean, Newton. Although I guess Wayne yeah, Newton was the, yeah. was the Lady Gaga of his day. Definitely. I'm sure he gets that all the time. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I can see the appeal. I bet they get tour money without having to go oh, right. on Yeah, it's, you rake it in if you have a residency, I think. It's probably know. nice for them to stay in one place. Too. I think it's, isn't that also like an overall change in Vegas? Like there's also super world-class restaurants in Vegas now. Like Guy oh, Savoy yeah. has a restaurant. That's in, why like, they tear down places like the Stardust. Yeah. Yeah. I know people that are from Vegas, and it's not like what these movies make. <laughs> they move up to Seattle because it's boring down there. Like, if you get outside of the Strip, right. it's just a bunch of housing developments, and the Strip is full of tourists. Yeah. Right. So, it's Nevada. It, yeah. <laughs> really dig this portrayal of Vegas as a den of iniquity. Can be, but like that's your own fault kind of. Definitely everybody's problems in this movie are self-imposed. Let's see. Other hot pro I mean there's still so many. There's so many other ones I wrote down when James blames Nomi for like the second time for getting fired, right after he calls his boss an asshole. I'm gonna work her, you work her on your own time, you got it? Now get over there and start lining up those bags. I'm talking to her and you're interrupting my conversation. And that's rude. Now get the fuck out of here. Asshole. You're fired. Yeah? Take this jacket. Cool. Now look what you've done. You got me fired again. Thanks a lot, Nomi. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. I'm talking to her. Well, yeah, that's what he's trying to yeah, tell you to stop doing. Right. <laughs> you're while you're on duty. literally on the job right now. Right. I don't understand anything that happens between them in any scene. <laughs> no. They're in. It's and really my- crazy. And then the I way was, she like kisses him on the forehead, like, oh, my sweet child, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to go marry your pregnant sort of girlfriend like it's the 19th century and you're yeah. a gentleman and then obligated. He... Love her? I don't know. She's having a baby. What are you going to do? <laughs> Work at a grocery store? Her mother owns it. 
All of that is so strange. You yeah, have dreams yeah. of being like a philandering choreographer. I know right, what right, exactly. Right. Poor man. Poor man. When they almost get it on, or they make out a little bit, and then she's like, "I have my period," which is always super weird to me. And then she leaves, and she goes, "You can fuck me when you love me." I know. Wait, why? <laughs> I have several <laughs> questions. I don't yeah. understand anything that's happening there. I think maybe like, the one, the most like, reasonable thing that happens in the movie is when he's like, "So right, I got towels." You're the first person makes sense in this does, whole movie. Yeah. Right. Like, I've does she, yeah. Good for you. Does she like him? Like, I don't... I, I know I'm, like, be taking it too soon, but, like, you can fuck me when you love me. Like, I really want to sit down with him. Yeah. Like, what's going on there? Like, do you, you love him? I don't understand what she wants to happen ever, you know? Again, like, storming well, out because well, yeah. he wants to have sex with her and then he said i do love you yeah right storm out yeah eight. right <laughs> which is thanks for the hamburger thanks for the hamburger that i threw on the roadside <laughs> <laughs> almost get hit by a cab right. it happens to be pulling up right then yeah right, <laughs> right. Every interaction she has with everybody, or at least half of them. But if I could only follow up on one, that's, <laughs> I'm like, take me through every step of this, this Naomi. What I are you mean, feeling? But for the difficulty in animating the movement of breasts, this probably should have been a cartoon. Mm. This whole this whole movie should have <laughs> it been. It would be cartoon. really fun. Oh yes, the cat pulls up. Like everything just felt so yeah convenient. Or like with Barbies, like the superstar yeah. thing. <laughs> You know what always happens in these situations? They get an evil smile on their face. She gets an evil smile on her face. Oh yeah, everyone's super telegraphing. Oh my god, also like, Gina Gershon has such a cartoony mouth anyway. Like It's, it's true. So it does look like someone just drew it. I think that's a good hot prop, that it's not a cartoon. Why did you choose live action, guys? She's like the Roadrunner. She's like, meet me, boo! Oh, and yeah, because of the dance club, she really did remind me of one of those... My son calls them dancing tubes. <laughs> yes. Oh my god, her dance in the club. You mean when they go dancing? When they go dancing. Her dancing is so insane. You can dance. I don't lie. You can't. What am I doing? I'm constantly worried she's going to hit someone in the face yeah. accidentally or kick yes. them in the head with her big heels. She's a real aggressive dancer. <laughs> yeah, I love the part where she first sees Crystal performing and she's like, doing the hand motions like that should be me that is art she's so serious i'm gonna love that is one of my most often sent gifts of of all time she's just really feeling the music yeah and i wonder if people wonder like why is this woman just standing in the middle of the balcony yeah i know nobody says down in front or anything (laughs) and she starts doing the motions they're like hello are you in the show right we paid a hundred dollars to be here the part where all the monkeys from the other show are running through the dressing room and everybody thinks it's like hilarious and I would be terrified. Yeah, I had a question about the scheduling (laughs) because there's a lot of really complicated props and sets for Goddess Mm -hmm. and I was wondering what was the setup for the monkey show? (laughs) They were allowed on the stage beforehand (laughs) to shit. There were probably already volcano sets set up. Like, were the monkeys around the volcanoes? Yeah, I did not understand how these monkeys factored in. Planet of the Apes thing. Yeah, like, was it the warm-up act for... It's the (laughs) 
Or maybe is there another stage in the building, or and they just come from the other stage? Does Joe Esterhaus think there's just monkeys in America everywhere? I, Every theater has a monkey act. Yeah. If you come to see a topless show with lots of music, lots of dancing, multiple scenes, I would imagine this show went on for a good 45 minutes or so based on the scenes. Before this, I kind of wanted to just take all of the scenes from Goddess and cut it together and yeah. beginning yeah. to end. I don't want to see monkeys. They wouldn't fit in the narrative. No, no. <laughs> it's a totally different It's vibe. a different, <laughs> should yeah. be a different and audience. They're dressed like little clowns. That's You're right. <laughs> Why are you feeding them garlic? I yeah, know. that's weird what? too. There's a lot. There's a lot. So many questions. One problem I did have with Goddess as a show, possibly (laughs) one for the show. (laughs) (laughs) Some of my hot probs are more like logistical probs because a lot of the blocking in Goddess had the dancers (laughs) facing away from the audience. It was like choreographed as if it was going to be a theater in the round. Yeah, or choreographed (laughs) as if they were filming the movie. At a point, you're just like. <laughs> if this was a cartoon, I would forgive it, but it's really? not, so I won't. Trying to act like this is real life, so you're beholden to the laws of nature. Another logistical hot prob. Nomi tosses James 25 cents for a cup of coffee. All I want is a cup of coffee. Yeah? Yeah. Sure. Here. I looked up cost of a cup of coffee in 1995. 45 cents. <gasps> wow. No me. So it's a big fuck you, basically. Yeah, it's even more at Starbucks. This was this is like the bottom of the barrel coffee. So that's not enough. I mean, maybe that was his point, this Joe Westerhaus. Maybe. Right. Maybe he was like, we all know how much a cup of coffee Nomi's is right now. Nomi's always shortchanging everybody. Yeah, we all know. We yes. all know what she's doing. <laughs> Though it would have been funny if she counted out 45 cents and then threw all that right. at him. <laughs> hey, Molly, do you have 45 cents? Molly's like, I have no. Yeah. Then they have to like look in the car in the back of the seat and pull the cushions out. Haven't you mooched off me enough? <laughs> we share a twin bed. We have to sleep in in shifts, apparently. I know. Right. The bed is so confusing. You ate all the chips. Where are the chips? Oh. You ate them, didn't you? Uh-uh. Yes, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. They have yeah. like a giant stuffed animal on a chair in there. There's probably not <laughs> that many taking places. Taking a to very sit. valuable real estate, right? <laughs> yeah. That was very interesting too. Now that I think about it, this is how women live in the minds mm-hmm. of these people who are designing this trailer. Well, yeah, I mean, remember when we lived together? It was just like that. Oh yeah, there's <laughs> everywhere. It kind of reminded me. Do you remember in Swingers where they go to the cocktail waitress's trailer. They have lots of stuffed animals on the bed there, too. Yeah, we can't let go of our childhoods, maybe. (laughs) Right. Oh, can we talk about the pool scene? I remember that was like the scene that everybody talked about who saw it in the movie. And I was like, oh, okay, here's the pool scene. Like the pool with the neon lights. The scene is visually interesting. I feel like she, when her head is like flinging back so much, she's being kind of waterboarded a little bit. <laughs> oh my God. Would that be enjoyable? Maybe it would be to somebody. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's sexy. Right. I, I believe... Our term for it was the spin cycle. (laughs) I do love Kyle McLaughlin's face. He genuinely looks like he's worried he will lose hold of her. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably a very real concern. In real life, I don't think they could actually be attached while that was going on. (laughs) But 
It, I wonder what kind of direction they were yeah. going. Yeah, like how more, is this? More, more. Right. It seems unnecessary. All the like upper body flailing. Yeah. You don't need to do all this. No. You know? Yes. Exactly. That's not Right. That's not doing anything for anyone. I assume. I also feel like in general, underwater sex is more a movie thing than a real life. Yeah. Thing. Absolutely. Oh yeah, it kind of made me remember Wild Things. That was a big scene in the movie too. That everybody talked about. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was just like, I gotta have a pool scene in this movie. Do you think it's something about the quality of the lighting? Directors just love the mm. glow of the pool. Maybe. And they think it's really neat, but they don't actually remember that it's it's not that comfortable or that feasible. feasible <laughs> or yeah. I guess water is beautiful to film. Yeah. And if you can't have a shot of your protagonist meaningfully holding their breath underwater, then you have to fucking <laughs> Right. Pool. That's where protagonists go to think. Yes. Yeah. And get silence. <laughs> and that's where women go to get wet. Yes. yes. I also have a huge problem with that waste of champagne that happens. Oh, I, <laughs> I, know, like I would be so mad if someone walked into a pool and started pouring champagne on my head. Yeah. <laughs> He's holding two glasses when he walks in too, and then he just kind of like drops them into the pool. <laughs> I wanted to drink that. When he gets home, he also like takes the plastic off the bottle like he had gotten it out of a fruit basket or something. <laughs> like <laughs> he stores his champagne. These people are all class. This is definitely like a movie about rich people written by someone who wasn't very rich. Right. <laughs> or, or, or like new money or something. I don't know. Or who had just been to the grocery <laughs> store. <laughs> like was pointing at rich people's stuff. Right. It was all very 90s though. I, I, I yeah, just I've never yeah. seen that part of it before. Every chair, the, the palm trees, every piece of mm-hmm. furniture and every rug. I could just like smell the stale smoke. I could almost taste the movie this time. <laughs> <laughs> it made it a little more unpleasant in some ways and uh, it was a time capsule. Yeah. But it was not good they have to be removed from it i guess a little bit before we start to see the, the 90s yeah. of it oh my god it always isn't it weird how it's so easy to spot the 90s now yeah yeah that was definitely an era when we were living in it when i was like oh this just seems like what it's gonna be like forever it's never like that forever the show with nomi where it's like the motorcycles and the men doing like industrial i don't remember it kind of reminded me of madonna's express yourself video a little bit yeah that's all the same show christina (laughs) (laughs) it's just a different scene oh it is you didn't see the through line narrative in that show i thought like nomi's in a motorcycle thing not the volcano thing yeah it's all the same and i think that scene must come right after the volcano scene because remember when nomi goes downstairs and they're like put this wig on and it's a it's a black wig but that doesn't make sense because she does it another night and she has different eye makeup on uh oh uh, <laughs> yeah it, somebody like, didn't think this show through at all didn't even care they weren't but, expecting people to like go over this frame by frame <laughs> <laughs> do you remember at the david schmader ones where he would pause and like read from the script i kind of wish i had it now and then she rises like the way he thought it was going to seem to people. <laughs> yeah, the show was supposed to be really profound yeah. and transcendent. And, yeah. and like, and then she's taken away like a avenging angel. And yeah. nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it just seems kind of trashy. <laughs> None of that is coming across at all. Right. Maybe their nipples weren't erect enough. Oh, yeah. 
Should have used that ice. Yeah. <laughs> Should have stormed off. Oh my god, I love those kids in the dressing room. Yeah, I like that oh. a lot. <laughs> yeah. Those kids that are from a completely different movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, what's going on, mommy? <laughs> she used a curse word. <laughs> what do you do for a living, mommy? Where are we? Right. <laughs> we stepped through the cabinet and ended up here. <laughs> I guess now watching it, I kind of felt a little for her. I've been in that situation where daycare closed and I'm like, oh man. You know, and knowing how competitive this show is, she's not going to call in sick. Oh my god, it, seriously. It, again, it was like, hey, we need a reason for these people to get into a cat fight that would enable Nomi to blah, 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 blah. Right, right. Okay, yeah. kids! What are they doing, Mommy? They're getting ready for the monkeys. show. I want to monkeys. Not my cow. I see the monkeys. I can't. Can we get these fucking kids out of here? You said the F word. You said the F word. You said the F word. Shut the fuck up! This was just another solve it with screenwriting. <laughs> when she's dancing, where are those kids? Like, right? Like, are they just yeah? They just hang out. Maybe she's got like a little cot set up for them in the dressing room. This is not an appropriate workplace for children. Like, no. I, if they are shocked by the f word, they should. Right. Not be they're probably right. the topless dancer. Right. I just have a really hard time believing she never uses the f word at home. I feel like they were bickering before about something. Yeah, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think this was just the final straw. Yeah. you understand that like women and their children that is the thing that is the line it's the mama bear yeah. thing <laughs> once you threaten a woman's child bitch you going down it's like yeah. your knee love, i love how it's like she just don't you think she knows her knee hurts like you don't need to <laughs> search for the pain oh my god i don't know i never heard it before but when is it gay who's squeezing her knee yeah. Yeah. she squeezes it so hard that it makes like a cracking sound <gasps> you shouldn't do that I forgot that Verhoeven likes those sounds because there's a lot of those sounds in Total Recall. Oh, God. Like a lot of like extra cracking and squishing sounds. And I never, I, for some reason, I guess maybe this was the best sound system I've ever watched Showgirls on. Oh, I, didn't <laughs> I really I heard that. that. I was like, oh, God. I was laughing too hard at like the, the Captain Obvious. It's her knee. Yeah. And then they come downstairs and they're sitting there changing and then some guy comes in and says it's broken folks <laughs> right because of the mobile x-ray station they must right <laughs> yeah that's real fast that he got a diagnosis <laughs> fix it with screenwriting yeah one fun fact i found on imdb is that the movie studio wanted the cast to be madonna as crystal and drew barrymore as nomi when Nomi's being introduced backstage, Gay's showing her her new dressing room station. The name Drew is on the mirror. Like, that's the past person. I thought that was kind of funny. Was she, like, attached and then she bailed out or something? She was uncomfortable with the amount of nudity, is what the IMDb said. I know you can edit for time and content, but how... Did they ever get this on VH1? Have you ever seen yeah. a VH1 version? Yeah. Just like comp in the tube top. I love the part where she goes to see Andrew Carver and she takes off her leopard print top and there's just another leopard print top right under it. That's the best. I love that. that it's like in Cats. Yeah. I think they might have used that same exact technology for the Cats movie. Awesome. That scene when she says, you make a sound, I'll kill you. And then she makes so much noise.
like I know. Like, she just doesn't <laughs> want to be say help I guess she, yeah, she makes, well, she makes noise all the time right. I did write down a note about her dancing sounds. It sounds like she's in a professional tennis match or something. Yeah, she's <laughs> like really a Monica Seles kind of. Because I know that like music is loud when you go to see a live show of any kind, but you can still hear stuff. You can still hear what people are doing. They're going, ha, hoo, ha. You're going to hear it, and it's going to be weird. You yeah. can hear everybody on stage doing that stuff, too. like is everyone mic'd for no reason <laughs> there's no singing yeah. but you can hear all the people making all those sounds and it's just such a weird choice another thing i read elizabeth berkeley she was paid a hundred thousand dollars for that role which i was really surprised that's not very much at all no and i think about like all the training she had to do like she actually did all of that dancing it's very physical it is very it's a very physical role and then like in 2004, they released some anniversary DVD, and she asked for $2,500 to be interviewed for it, and they declined. Wow. $2,500 was too much for them? Yeah, I don't know. I just was like, wow, she really got the shaft with this whole thing. I don't like that. Is that that big box with the I think that's the, the one that we the, Yeah, the one we have. Yeah, probably what I watched last night. I don't know where all the stuff is. I think we well, might I mean, have we one like shot box, glass left. Yeah. It had two shot glasses in it and a deck of cards yeah. and pasties. Yeah. And a sleep mask kind of yeah. thing. Do they still make DVD sets like that that are so curated? They so certainly curious. do not. I wish. No. With the demise of Suncoast Motion Picture Company, yes. it was all downhill. That's true. That's like the kind of place you would get this <laughs> from. I mean, on the one hand, it's great because I can buy pretty much any DVD I want for like under 10 bucks now. Yeah. And I have a lot of stuff on DVD. As we've talked about many times on this pod, it also means that they don't try very hard. No, they don't commentary do commentary. Anymore. They don't get special features really anymore. I love commentary. Deleted so scenes, maybe, because that's not really anything for them to put in. It's a bummer. Commentary is... I've lost art. Oh, gosh, it's so good. Next call. I've already started underlining meaningful passages in her copy of Moby Dick, if you know what I mean. I could not think of a single thing. Oh, <laughs> no, there's some good lines in this Don't movie. get me wrong, there's a lot of lines in here that I love and that I quote on the regular, but like... But they aren't meaningful to Meaningful? Too. Well, well, just because, it's like, because of our other Oh, fair enough. I named a hard drive different places. Different places? Well, there you go. I mean, that's that's one right there. Different places. <laughs> Documents. Pictures. Yes, it's multiple levels. Yes. I mean, you know, this is one of those movies that sort of seeps into your brain and just comes out in small ways. It really does. Everybody's got AIDS and shit. Man, everybody got AIDS and shit. That yeah. one's in my head all the time. I mean, I'm, I'm a student of t-shirts. What is that wisdom? Yeah. That whole thing. You know what? My head hurts, my dick hurts, and you got me fired from my fucking job. Yeah, well shit happens, you know? Shit happens. What? That's it? That's what I get? Fucking wisdom? That's it? Yeah, that's it. You get wisdom. Guess what? You're not just a pain in my head and a pain in my dick, you're also a pain in my ass. Life sucks, you know? Life sucks, shit happens. Where you get this stuff? All the t-shirts? Christina, you and I, we ain't got no ties, but I feel like I already know you. Well, you and me, we ain't got no ties. Okay, look, I just wanted you to say- You and me ain't got no ties. I have a problem with pussy. My favorite was, oh, I got it at Versace. Nice dress. Thanks. 
It's a Versace. It's Versace. <laughs> what? It's pronounced Versace. Oh. And Versace keeps coming up. You want to walk down to Spago, get something to eat? Where is it? Just down from Versace. Versace. Oh, right. Versace. I read that that was Elizabeth Berkeley's idea. Aww. To have that line in there. I thought that was really great. There were so many moments that were just like so unexpected and I, I thought it was hilarious. There's this guy that just walks up to Elizabeth Berkeley at the cheetah and he yells, I want to see your ass. I want to see your ass. And she just like walks away from him. I thought it was particularly hilarious because he probably just did. I have a few favorite lines, but I think my favorite was you're going to jump to your conclusion. <laughs> <laughs> She's jumping to conclusions, Zach. And that happens again to anybody. You gotta jump to your conclusion. Burn. <laughs> I really like how earnestly. Is it James? Is that the guy's name? Yeah. You got more natural talent when you dance than anyone I've ever seen. You got more natural talent when you dance than anybody I've ever seen. You burn when you dance. He says that with a really straight face. Yeah. He really does. He's very earnest. Yeah. He's ama- I mean, it's pretty right. amazing what he pulls off, actually. And then later someone says, when I saw you dance, I thought, yes. I remember that dance, too. <laughs> you came here to ask me? When I saw you dance, I thought, yes. I went for lines that I felt were delivered with genuine emotion, not mm-hmm. that they were imminently quotable this time. They might be the weirdest lines (laughs) but like I thought that when uh Nomi got into the show and was leaving the cheetah and Henrietta was saying her version of goodbye Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she says hey god damn it you're the only one who could get my tits popping right oh my god (laughs) the way she says that she's like actually crying yeah and I'm like I never really noticed the way she's like oh well this is goodbye (laughs) <laughs> oh, that is pretty great. That is the showgirl's version of, I love you! I know. <laughs> and then the, the hello from her boss, it must be weird not having anybody come on exactly. you. <laughs> must be weird not having anybody come on you. This is how they say goodbye and hello in that world. Yeah. Right. He's so incredulous, like, and was, like, kind of proud of her, like, that she's made it to the stardust, and he says, <laughs> yeah, I... I, I wrote that one down, too. I really liked um, where Gina, Gina Gershon is like, I want my nipples... Uh, wait, what did she say? Molly, this top is way too tight. My breasts are just getting crushed in here. I can loosen it for you. Okay. To about here, maybe. No, no, a little less. I want my nipples to press, but I don't want them to look like they're levitating. <laughs> levitating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another Gina Gershon line I liked. I told Marty I'd work on your turns with you, but I'm feeling a little turned inside out myself today. <laughs> I told Marty I'd work on your turns with you, darling, but I'm feeling a little turned inside out myself today. For some reason that struck me. I mean, yes, she's just done like a huge fingernail full of coke. <sighs> I just felt the tiredness. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how, like, yeah, she might have a genuine crush on this Nomi girl and also feeling a little threatened by her. Apparently she's been doing this show every day for eight years, which seems a like a long time considering Gina Gershon doesn't look 
old enough to have been doing the show for eight years, but yeah, I think she is though. She's yeah. like she's definitely a youthful. It's a youthful true. Person. That is true. But I don't know. I just felt a lot of subtext that I had not gotten before in my yeah. mind. Let's go do something else. <laughs> let's go. Let's go yeah. play hooky. You let's and me. fuck off and yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I have some. I have some stuff going on in my head. She is so good. She is. I know. Is. I mean, even that ridiculous scene in the hospital bed is so good. It's way better than it has any right to be. I know. And like she's just like. <laughs> She's all getting all choked up, giving away her hat. You know the best advice I ever gave you. If you're the only one left standing up there. They'll hire you. <laughs> Thank you, and good night, ladies and gentlemen. Crystal has left the building. I'm sorry, Crystal. Yeah, I know just how sorry you are. How do you think I got my first lead? There's always someone younger and hungrier coming down the stairs after you. That's a nice hat. It's a nice hat. That hat probably cost like 200 bucks at least. <laughs> yeah. She probably got it in the same mall as Versace. Ugh. I love the uh, um, the choreographer. Like, he's so familiar. Like, I think he's been in, like, So I Married an Axe Murderer. Like, he has red hair. Marty. He's, like, really intense choreographer in this. And he's, like, yelling, Cross it! Cross it! Come on, cross it! Ah! I, I, I like that character. <laughs> I wrote down his line, Last Chance Ice. Last Chance Ice? <laughs> Last Chance Ice. Yeah. Which I also think is a good band name. Last Chance Ice. <laughs> ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just love that. He just walks around the dressing room with a bowl of ice. <laughs> Last chance ice. Who wants nicer nipples? Like, how long can that effect possibly last? Right. Once you get on stage and start sweating. Well, yeah. I guess once they're erect and then you take your top off, they might stay out Maybe, longer. Yeah. Also, how important is an erect nipple in a show in a theater that big? Like, yeah. I could really see the nipples. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to lipstick them, that might be different, but... <laughs> Weird. Let's see. What else did I have? Oh, I just love everything that Tony Moss. That's the that's the Laurent Fossey guy. Uh, mm. Yes. I love his whole thing. Yeah. We used to quote that all the time. This show's called Goddess. It's not, not called Classes. Uh, yes. What kind of classes have you had? Ice skating classes, Mr. Moss. Ballet classes, technique classes, stretch classes, jazz classes, jazz technique classes. The show is called Goddess. It ain't called Classes. See ya. And this is a stage, babe. It's not a patch. She's like talking about her boobs. <laughs> Take a look at these tits. What are these? Watermelons? This is a stage, babe. It's not a patch. See ya. <laughs> it's not a patch. <laughs> I think she thought it was a patch. The thing is, she showed up there that day because she thought it was a patch. <laughs> She's like, I was going to get some watermelons. <laughs> now how am I going to make my margaritas? <laughs> and then he says to this other lady, I hope you got some nice wigs, tennis ball. And she says, thank you. I don't know what the correct response would be, but... I mean, I think you gotta storm it. <laughs> That's like my favorite scene, maybe. I don't know. That's I just absolutely scene. love that yeah. whole that whole audition scene. He's got quick fire. Quick fire, good lines, all the way down the row. Can you spell MGM backwards? I bet you can't. MGM. I'm impressed. Oh, and then we haven't even talked about Penny, who I love. I was oh, really Penny. feeling Penny this time. Yeah, I like Loved Penny. her, and I, she... Just make some great faces. And, uh, a great face for faces. Yeah. <laughs> There's this one shot where they just hold the camera on her after the boss says something about, like... Now, if they come, it's okay. If they take it out, come all over you, call a bouncer. Unless he gives you a big tip. If he gives you a big tip, it's okay. You got that? 
And then after he walks away, she's like, smiles, and then her face falls, and she's like, is it? Is it okay? I don't know. <laughs> I feel for poor old Penny, who doesn't know about abortions. Yeah, or, or birth control, apparently, or... Anything. Or she doesn't know single that motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Penny. Sweet Penny. Well, you're not going to give her my part, are you? Sweet Penny. Four more classes and they're going to have to give me that degree. I really liked. Four more classes and they're going to have to give me that degree. <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> they're going to have to. Right. I was also very confused by it. I want to talk about this line because I just don't know what it means exactly. The boat show. Boat show. Oh, boat show. Oh. Love that boat show song. We did go to a boat show as a family and I walked around singing boat, boat show, show the whole time. Boat show. Boat show. Boat show. Boat show. Boat show. Boat show. It was a big hit. Right? <laughs> yes. Oh. But I don't really understand what the line, in America, everyone's a gynecologist means. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that That's because, pretty like, clunky. Okay, is it because there's strip clubs? Uh, are there not strip clubs in other countries? I mean, we've been to Amsterdam. There certainly are. <laughs> I, saw, I saw some snatch. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I was thinking about that show in Amsterdam because James's show was kind of reminding me of that live sex show a little yeah. bit. It was like a clothed version of that with like... The choreography, the yeah. chair, and... A better behaved audience. Yes! Oh, we had a very reverent audience. Everyone was wrapped. Yeah. <laughs> no one was booing at all. I don't understand. I, I think, again, this is the screenplay rearing yeah. its ugly head. <laughs> I'm assuming that we're all sort of trashy, sex-obsessed strippers. Who but even, like, flash. logistically, what does it mean? Oh. Does it mean everybody gets a chance to look at Snatch if they want to? I guess. Yeah, that's yeah. what I thought. Okay. It's easy to access. Yeah. It's easy to see Snatch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which makes you a gynecologist. Right. Yeah, that's all it takes. <laughs> look right up there. <laughs> There's one. Take that snail. <laughs> The Goddess show was topless and bottomless, but I didn't know that Vegas... The high production ones or whatever, were they bottomless too? I don't know that much about it. I'm pretty sure they were only ever topless. Yeah. I mean, if, yeah. If, you, if you were bottomless, that's a strip club. That is the difference. Yeah, but I don't know. That's actually the difference here too. You can take off your top if you have pasties on your nipples, and that's burlesque. But if you take the pasties oh. off, it's stripping. It's really just so crazy, these movies. <laughs> and it's almost as if, like, men wrote them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they have some sort of fear or misunderstanding about the female body. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's also from the boat show scene. I just really like the way the guy delivered the line. Yeah, we'll sing a lot of songs. <laughs> yeah, we'll sing a lot of songs. Of course, that was just another typical scene where a typical thing happened. What else does a suicide need, huh? Now, if you'll excuse me. You guys want to hear some alternative casting? Yeah. I think you already did talk about the Drew Barrymore one. I didn't even have that one, actually. But I have uh, Jenny McCarthy. Oh, God. <laughs> auditioned for the lead, but she couldn't dance, apparently. Not as well as Elizabeth Berkeley can. Pamela Anderson, obviously, Aww. I guess. Angelina Jolie. Denise Richards. I and Charlize it. Theron. Really? All auditioned for Nomi. Really? Yeah. Huh. All those people auditioned in Elizabeth Berkeley got. Yeah. 
That's what happened. IMDb says that Jennifer Lopez auditioned and she considered it a negative experience, the audition part of it. Maybe that's what happened with these other ladies too. Is yeah. They like where yeah. they turned it down. They're like, well, we auditioned for it, but we decided. <laughs> they refused to ice their nipples and yeah. storm off. I would bet that JLo wasn't white enough. I bet you that they did not want to cast someone of color in, in, the yeah. in 1995. Probably. Mm-hmm. They were like, mm-hmm. we already have one. Right. And we don't need another gang rape scene, so. (laughs) (laughs) That's probably very true. (laughs) Gross. I forgot to say my other meaningful passage. I love how Crystal's always saying darling. I read an interview with Gina Gershon a few years after this movie, and she was saying how she realized, like, during shooting, or a friend said, like, the best that you can hope for is that this is, like, some camp classic, so just play mm-hmm. that up. So she did, and then three weeks after the movie came out, she was in L.A., and someone comes up behind her like, hey, darling, and then she turned around, and it was Sandra Bernhardt. <laughs> so it's like, this is the best it could have gone. Oh, my God, that's amazing. That's the stamp of approval. <laughs> so this is what's called a lunchtime poll. First, we could have this discussion, maybe. I realized in talking to Amy last night, we have different interpretations of the doggy chow scene. The lunchtime poll is based off the doggy chow scene. I thought that they were talking about when they were kids, they ate dog food because kids eat weird shit. And Amy thought they were saying when they were poor adults, they ate dog food. Oh. But there is definitely not enough information in the scene to (laughs) determine this either way. I had a Mandela memory about it because I feel like I remember that scene that way that they were talking about. Like, oh, when I was so poor and I had to eat dog food. And then it's like, no, they've just both said that they ate it. Worse than dog food. I've had dog food. You have? Mm Mm-hmm. Long time ago. Doggy chow. I used to love doggy chow. (laughs) I used to love doggy chow too. And then that's it. That's it. No explanation. I used to. Used to. (laughs) I mean, that could be like, yeah, I don't know. That is possibly the weirdest scene in cinematic history. Yeah, I was wondering that too, because at first it seemed like, oh, they just have like this weird, very unique thing in common. And I'm like, well, maybe they were just grew up really poor and it could be left up to interpretation. You thought they were saying that when they were kids, they ate dog food because they were poor. Uh-huh. Amy thought they were <laughs> saying that they were grown up eating dog food because they were poor. I thought they were just saying they ate dog food because kids eat weird shit. What did you think, Faye? <laughs> Honestly, I didn't think too hard about it. Because, <laughs> you just accepted it. <laughs> well, yeah, I just accepted it because it was it was just so ridiculous. And I have also tried dog food <laughs> because kids eat weird shit. Yeah. Oh, so I feel like then you did yeah, think it was because yeah, kids but, eat weird. Yeah, I guess. I guess that's the... But, but also within the context of the screenplay overall being stupid, it just felt like a journey into nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, this is like Joe Esterhaus' idea of, of how, how women, women bond. bond. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was really ridiculous. But then also, like, I knew a kid that did eat dog food. He pretended he was like a 
puppy or something. You know, like, he was just, like, a really little kid, and I don't know. It was just, like, kids eat weird shit, you know? <laughs> so I feel like that's the main mm-hmm. interpretation is kids eat weird stuff. And I just had the, I was so poor I had to eat dog You took it to a sad place. <laughs> There's a further interpretation of, like, did you love it enough to eat it regularly as a meal? Yes. Or did you try it or yes. did you constantly eat it? I mean, they said they loved it. I don't know. I used, I used, I used to, to love yeah. doggy chow. Mm-hmm. I still do, but I used to too. <laughs> yeah, it's perplexing. I want to ask Gina Gershon what she thinks was going on in that scene. So anyways, (laughs) the lunchtime poll question, going off the interpretation that they are saying they ate weird shit as a kid, what weird thing did you eat as a kid? Who wants to go first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, mine is actually, it's not like, it's not from when I was a little kid, but it was still like something really weird that I really enjoyed eating and it's like I'm almost like a little embarrassed to admit this like in middle school I guess like different mustards like Dijon mustard and spicy brown mustards I really liked the vinegariness of it Grey Poupon this is like so fancy I was exploring my culinary palate I guess but something that I thought was really good here it is it's just I would make a piece of toast and I would put like a really thick layer of Golden's spicy brown mustard on it. And then I would pile on a really thick layer of craft grated Parmesan cheese on top of it. And I would eat that. I thought it was like a cool culinary invention that I had made. I was really like, oh, I'm a top chef. I look back on that and I'm like, I don't think I could eat that now. <laughs> but I thought golden spicy brown mustard was like very sophisticated and I was really proud of that concoction. <laughs> but it sounds disgusting to me now. I'll go next. So my mom didn't keep like a lot of treats in the house. She had a lot of bullshit treats like carob and Ugh. uh so I was hard up for sugar when she would go to the grocery store and leave me alone. I would kind of cobble together a shitty cookie dough. I would just pour like flour and butter and sugar into a bowl and mix it up. <laughs> and then I would eat that before she got home. I mean, it would be good though. <laughs> That's kind of like the best phase of cookie dough, right? Yeah. <laughs> still. It was delicious. It's, yeah. I still have to, you know, test that phase a lot. Yeah. When I'm yeah. making cookies, like, oh, is this butter creamed enough? <laughs> Let me check. You know, you don't get that many opportunities to just eat butter right no <laughs> sugary butter no, yeah that, you know? true. oh man it's the only mm. thing that's missing <laughs> although they say the flour is the most dangerous part of that because of i don't know there's something you can get from flour because it says all over the bags now don't eat raw flour yeah oh. now it's like oh. it's not even just the eggs it's something in the flour yeah that's just how i'm gonna die that's right? exactly <laughs> Baking it's good, to, it's good to know how you're gonna go. You know. That's definitely a strong contender for me. I'll go next. I had to go like a little dark with this because I really couldn't think of anything really weird that I used mm-hmm. to eat. But like food in my childhood is like such a fraught issue. My dad is to this day still kind of like manorexic. It's just a real fraught issue. So I was like all over the spectrum on both ends of eating disorders, mm-hmm. more compulsive binge eating. So I have to go more with behaviors, the sort of anorexia, bulimia end of things and obsessively counting calories. So I'd only ever eat something if it had the 
calories on the package which not everything did back then so i was obsessed with like always adding things up they have like the total calories and then they break it down of like number of carbs number of protein and number of fat and it's four calories for a gram of carbohydrates four calories for protein and nine for fat and one time like i noticed that it didn't add up exactly right so from then on, like, not only did I count every calorie, but, like, multiplied it that way. Like, oh, this says 120, but it's actually, you know, like, 4 times 16. Oh, no. So that, I know. That's, that's, like, real deep dive when you're really going through it. Then, that is so. a really, really dark way to be really, really good at math. <laughs> <laughs> I was really good at math. I do. I feel like well, I was using my quick math skills because yeah. I can't multiply, you know. I mean, I can do that in my head pretty quick. I couldn't really think of anything weird either because I feel like maybe I was kind of a picky eater. I liked lots of bland things as a kid. I did try dog food but not like regularly not enough to cheers our crackers with or anything. <laughs> it just tasted like a savory cracker. One thing I did eat all the time as a snack was like frozen peas <laughs> straight out of the freezer. Oh, So good. I would eat them all the time. I just like pour a big old bowl. I just loved them. And one other thing that I, I didn't think was weird at all, but I've done it in front of people and they seem to think it's weird. My dad used to bring me when I was sick, he'd always bring me a mad magazine Aww. and a plate of buttered saltines. And that was, I guess, when mm. his mom brought him when he was sick. Huh. So buttered saltines for me are like a very comforting sick food yeah. and i know the saltines make sense because yeah, like the right. sodium bicarbonate is good for your stomach but butter i guess it's just good that's... they do need something else saltines. they do yeah, yeah that's yeah, true they do. like peanut butter is good when you're yeah. having a like a regular snack or you know cheese or is jelly good is good it's cheese yeah. but <laughs> butter 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 is Buttered saltine. Yeah. Well, and you know something about butter, the fat in butter is good with the carbs and the cracker because it would help with the breaking down of the carbs. Anyway, (laughs) science science part of it. (laughs) Mentally, it comforts me, and apparently, it's not a normal thing. (laughs) If you're sick, do you eat that? Yeah. Wow. I do. I don't think that's that doesn't sound abnormal to me. Unusual, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. But it's you know, and you don't need that many because it's butter. It's just straight butter. (laughs) Um, you don't need a whole sleeve that way. Oh my <laughs> god! Probably like five is, is all you would need. Yeah, but yeah. no, the frozen peas. Like sometimes I forget that I I used to love them, and I still think, oh, I should get some peas and have them. But our freezer is not that great, and I don't think mm. they would be nice. And they have a weird crunch. They get like the a, freezer burn on them. Yeah, they have a soft kind of crunch. A soft crunch. A soft give. Hmm. They have an interesting mm-hmm. flavor when they're frozen. Summertime snack. I would come home with a bowl of frozen peas. I would put my manual typewriter like on my stomach and start writing stories with my bowl of frozen peas every day after school. That's very cute. That's really (laughs) cute. my life. (laughs) How very. I think what this proves is that for Nomi and Crystal, (laughs) it really was like an unusual bond yeah to share like the doggy chow moment it really did mean something because these weird moments in our childhood can can really bring us together later in life i also wonder if maybe like at least the actresses decided because this is obviously i'm not going to give joe Azure house any credit at all Ever. anything that's interesting in this movie i think is brought by the performers but i wonder if elizabeth Berkeley and gina grishon had decided 
that they had never admitted that to someone before. Saying that out loud for the first time, and they say it to each yeah. other, and then it really is a bond. Yeah. It was like their way of saying, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I like Doggy Chow, too. I think I think you're cute. Like, I, yeah. like yeah. I think you're a great dancer. Oh, I know. They really do think each other is a great they, dancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we didn't really talk about that, like, I mean, because it's not a hot prop, but, like, I think they really admire each other as performers. Yeah. Um, this is not props. Shut up. Not props. This is on. Oh, shit, yeah. That's, like, one of the not props, and it's yeah. really not explored, and it's, you know, really not that obvious for any of the screenplay <laughs> yeah. or any of the actions of the actors, but I think it's there. And I think that would have made a better movie in today's environment. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know this movie would not have gotten released at all, I don't think, in this today's environment. No. I mean, you can't even imagine. So we're saying <laughs> the showgirls that exist should have been animated, and a showgirls made today would have been more about uh, female friendships in the performing space and admiration between peers, mm-hmm. yeah. possibly even coming to terms with aging in a very physical job, you know. We maybe would have seen some of Gay's backstory. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Her home life. Yeah, we would have known yeah. which tooth exactly she chipped. <laughs> uh, and I mean, and as far as casting, we could get anybody. Latoya, Suzanne. Yeah. <laughs> Broadway. We could have had anybody. <laughs> Greetings and salutations. We can do New Jersey because my mom did listen to one episode. <laughs> Let's do New Jersey. Back east, New Jersey. All right. Well, shout out to New Jersey. Woo! Say, I'm sure we have thousands of listeners in New Jersey since yes. I grew up there. Thousands. <laughs> Hometown hero. <laughs> <laughs> I think they've named a street after you already. Sure, yeah. <laughs> This is actually a really big deal that Amy's mom listened to an episode. Oh my god, I got it. I got busted. <laughs> so yeah, New oh Jersey, no. Amy's mom, definitely listening. You know other people there. I think it's got to be all you. I don't know anybody. I mean, I don't know that many people there. And I grew up there, so I mean, I'm sure there's lots of people that I went to high school with that live there, but there's not that many people there that I'm still in touch with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway. Hello. I know someone in New Jersey. You do? Oh, yeah. My friend Troy's in New Jersey. Oh. He pretends he lives in Philly, but he lives oh, in Philly. Oh, so he's from like Cherry Hill, South Jersey. Ooh. I'm from a totally different Jersey. There's different Jerseys? Real Jersey from real Jersey. Well, I mean, that is different. Like mm-hmm. South Jersey, Philly area. And then I would say there's like three different Jerseys. <laughs> so there's like it's South. Like a, oh my God, this is complicated. Okay, so it's South Jersey, Philly. <laughs> Is one, but then there's overlap of like South Jersey down the shore, but Philly would be like the west side of the south, and then the shore is like the east side of the south. And then where I'm from is like northern New Jersey, which is a suburb of New York, basically. The whole top half of the state you could just think of as one big suburb of New York. And there's Mm. nothing in the middle. Big well, it's pretty small. Boring. I mean, I was just counting the whole state. I mean, it's so not a big state. Where you pointing in the air it made it seem like there was a gaping <laughs> hole. That's who's called the devil's butthole. That's where the ghosts. Right. <laughs> the ghosts of Jersey. <laughs> so, which is the one that they make fun of the most in New York? Is that the suburb one? When they make a New Jersey joke, who are they talking? Well, about? I guess if they do the accent, the one that's made fun of the most would be like. Jersey Shore, kind of, like that accent, like the Guido Jersey Shore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 
<laughs> Got it. We're learning so much about New Jersey today. Yes. Well, we did. We learned a little bit about the places our listeners come from. That's a goal we have. We love our listeners. <laughs> our many, many listeners. Cool. Well, Faye, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Oh, I don't. I mean, no, I, I don't really do anything, and I don't really update my social media regularly. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, Jessica, I'm just a person. What about, like, you could, is there, like, a any sort of media you've consumed lately that you feel is underrepresented? Ooh, or underrepresented? Ooh that's a fun thing. Oh, my gosh. I have been watching Dickinson on Apple TV, and I've been really enjoying it. Ooh, Ooh there's something. Yeah. yeah. It's enjoyable. There's lots of really nerdy literary references in it, and it's a short show, which I enjoy, because sometimes I only have, like, 30 minutes, not yeah. an hour, and... It's a good modern historical mashup. It's fun. Yeah. Is it comedy and drama? It's comedy, dramedy. I mean, there's some dramatic moments. Emily Dickinson wasn't the lightest personality no. in the world, but, <laughs> but they take a very comedic approach to it. Mm. And it, they take a lighthearted approach to women's lack of voting rights in the 19th <laughs> century. Everything's very tongue-in-cheek, and if you're going to sign up for a free month of Apple TV, you might as well check it out. <laughs> <laughs> I think eventually I might have to do that. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. wait till season two streams <laughs> all, like they're releasing it on a weekly basis. You wait, wait till season two is all done streaming, and then, uh. then sign up for your free month. Awesome. We'll do that. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, thank you, Faye. This was Thanks, super Faye. duper fun. On the next episode of Paid and Puke, we are bonding over Paul Feig's 2011 comedy Bridesmaids, starring Kristen Wiig, Maya Rudolph, Melissa McCarthy, Rose Byrne, Ellie Kemper, and Wendy McClendon-Covey. If you enjoyed this episode of Paid and Puke, Please take a minute to rate us highly on your preferred podcast listening apparatus. If you did not enjoy this episode, no further action is necessary. Paid and Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid and Puke Pod, on Instagram at Paid and Puke Seattle, or join us on Facebook at Paid and Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.